This episode of Riveting Reads is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. We already know you guys like good stories. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash rivetingreads and browse their unmatched selection of audio programs. Download the one that grabs your attention for free and start listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash rivetingreads to check it out. Now on to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Riveting Reads podcast, where each season brings you a serialized version of thrilling new stories, along with exclusive bonus content from the author. This is season one, Insomnia, book one of the Nightwalker series by J.R. Johansson, narrated by Roy Samuelson. New episodes are posting weekly on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Stick around after today's chapter for some author insights into the writing process behind this chapter with Insomnia's author, J.R. Johansson. Hi, I'm J.R. Johansson, and I'm here to give you a quick recap of Episode 11, Chapter 11 of Insomnia. At the beginning of this episode, it's been roughly three weeks since Parker met Mia, and he's gotten more sleep over that time frame than he has in the last four years. At the same time, outside of her dreams, Mia is becoming more and more afraid of Parker with every encounter. It bothers Parker, but he knows he needs sleep to survive. After mistakenly making eye contact with Thor, he decides to try to run into Mia in the parking lot as she is leaving work. When Mia comes out, she's terrified to see him, and he realizes it was a mistake to wait for her in the parking lot. The next day, he goes into her store, trying to buy a pair of jeans because he thinks this is a better idea. He arrives a little late, the store is closing, the lights are dimmed, and they are the only two there. When he approaches her, she recoils and falls back, hitting her head. She's bleeding and terrified when someone else comes in and calls security. Parker says he's sorry and runs away. And that's it for your recap of Chapter 11. Stick around now for Chapter 12 of Insomnia. I hope you enjoy. Insomnia, The Nightwalkers. Written by J.R. Johansson. Narrated by Roy Samuelson. 12. I focused on meeting the eyes of every shopper I passed on the way out. After what I had done, I didn't deserve the rest that Mia's dreams provided. I was a freak, a monster. When I glanced at my reflection in the store window, I met the cold eyes I had seen before in the mirror at school. Only this time, it didn't surprise me as much. And when I blinked, he didn't go away. Once outside, I couldn't hold it in any longer. I threw up in the bushes in a dark corner of the building until I shook. I'd become something horrible. And worse, I didn't know if I could stop myself. Already, the darkness in my traitorous mind was searching for another way to see her. I had given over control to that darker side. Far too much control. I had to take it back. I drove to Finn's house out of reflex. This was the end. I needed help, and he was my only hope at this point. I needed a friend. I just hoped he could still be that friend after everything I had done. Addie answered the door. Her face fell the moment she saw me, and it felt like a hole being ripped through my gut. I was stupid to have come. What do you want? She folded her arms over her chest, looking about as welcoming as a closed sign. Clearing my throat, I tried to smile, but it actually seemed to make her angrier. Finn, I need Finn, I said, glancing over her shoulder. Please? 
I sounded pitiful, but I didn't care. Finn walked into the room behind her. His sweatshirt was a vibrant blue. It had been a long time since I had seen him in a shirt that didn't make a literal statement. When he saw me, he pivoted on one foot and turned to leave. Please. I pushed past Addie and into the living room. I really need you to listen. I was wrong. Everything I said was true, but only because it was my last hope. I'd lie through my teeth if I thought it would make him talk to me again. Even worse, I'd tell him the truth. He stopped with his back to me, and I waited. After a full minute, he turned to face me, his expression cold. With a long sigh, he walked past me to the door, rubbed Addie on top of the head, and finally spoke. I'll be back. Have to at least hear the idiot out. Addie nodded, but still glared at me as I walked out behind him. At the last second, she grabbed my arm and squeezed, hard. If you hurt him again, I swear I'll deck you myself, she hissed, too low for Finn to hear. She was barely up to my shoulder, but her eyes were dead serious. Don't worry, Addie, I've been stupid, to both of you. I won't do it again. I know the way you've been. She took a deep breath and released my arm. This isn't you, Parker, you're not like this, this person. I hoped she was right. I'm trying to fix things. She nodded and whispered, good, then placed her hand on my chest and pushed me gently out the door. Finn sat in the driver's seat of my car. The knots that were tying up every muscle in my body loosened a little. Maybe I hadn't broken things beyond repair. Finn would listen. If he would only believe me, I wouldn't have to figure this out alone. And I was so tired of dealing with everything alone. Climbing in, I tossed him the keys. Where are we going? I asked. If I have to look at your ugly face, you're going to at least buy me a shake while I do it. His voice was tight as he turned the key and the car came to life. I owe you at least that much. Yeah, you do. We drove to the shake stop in silence. It was a quiet night, no rain or wind and very few other cars on the road. Everything around me was the exact opposite of the turmoil inside my head. Wave after wave of panic hit me at the thought of telling him I was a watcher. I had to, though. I needed his help. I needed him to help me figure out what to do with the mess my life had become. Shame washed over me, and I tried to shake it off by focusing on every dream of Finn's that I could remember. I'd need to provide specific details to have any chance of convincing him. The biggest problem that stood in my way was that many people don't remember their dreams. I knew Finn did, at least sometimes. He had told me about some of his funnier ones. It was weird to hear his take on what he could remember. I'd seen them too, and since I wasn't sleeping, I usually remembered a lot more than he did. I just hoped we both recalled some of the same details. Finn picked a corner table away from everyone else. He sipped his chocolate chip shake before staring at me pointedly. So, get on with it. First, I'm really sorry for punching you and for the way I've been acting. He looked away with a noncommittal grunt and I went on. Seriously, man, there's no excuse. I was an idiot, plain and simple. Idiot, sounds about right. He seemed to relax a little and nodded for me to continue. I cleared my throat and popped the knuckles in my right hand before speaking. Okay, this will sound insane, but... It's true, so hear me out. Finn nodded without a word. 
I'm not like everyone else. I mean, I don't sleep the way you do. I paused for a response from Finn, but there was none. He waited for me to continue. This was hard. It was awkward. And I had no reason to think he would ever believe me. I squared my shoulders and pushed on anyway. When I go to sleep at night, I see other people's dreams. Finn's eyes clouded, and the corner of his mouth jerked as though uncertain how to respond. You told me this joke a few years ago. I know, and I know I said it was a joke, but it wasn't. It sounds crazy, but I'm serious. It's been going on for four years, and I can prove it. I've seen more of your dreams than anyone else's. Not counting the past few weeks, do you remember any of your dreams? Finn shook his head. His voice was a low growl when he spoke. Unfreaking believable. I came out here thinking you had something important to say, and instead, you bring up some old punchline? You used to be cool, man, but now everything is just a big joke to you. I'm serious, Finn. Please, I remember one from a month ago. I practically yelled as he stood up from the table. He stopped and sat back down with a sigh. I don't know why, but I'm going to give you about 30 more seconds. You better impress me. Quick. Oh, okay, you had a dream that you were boxing with a shark while you were surfing. Finn's expression didn't change, but his shoulders straightened. Go on. I pushed my fingertips hard into my forehead, searching for the details I never expected would be important. Oh, uh, another one. It was a while ago, though, maybe six months. You were the king of the people, and I was your servant, and oh, and there was this mermaid. She was smoking hot. Her name was Cassie, or, um, Cassa. Cassandra. Finn's reverent whisper interrupted me, and his eyes got huge. His mouth opened and closed like a guppy before any sound came out. H How? Did I tell you? No. I saw it. I don't remember telling you. Finn spoke slowly, but finally shook his head. But I must have. It's just not possible. He looked like he was thinking about standing up again, so I spoke quickly. Fine, you ask me about one. One you're sure you never mentioned to me. Just make sure it's not from the last three or four weeks. Fine. He hesitated, taking another slurp of his shake. I had a nightmare a few times last year. I thought about telling you, but I never did. It started out on an island. Tell me what happened. I know. I saw that one. I closed my eyes tight and tried hard to remember details. The island was deserted. I don't know how you got there, but there was this cruise ship that picked you up, and it was haunted. A bunch of undead freaks turned you into one of them and made you entertain them. I stopped there because I didn't want to embarrass him. It had been the creepiest rendition of Copacabana I had ever seen. Finn whistled, his eyes wider than seemed humanly possible. I wondered how wide they could get before there was danger of them falling out. How did this happen? He finally asked. I don't know. It just started. When? Relief washed over me, and I could breathe freely for the first time in what felt like ages. Four years. I can't tell you how glad I am you believe me. I wasn't sure how many more of your dreams I could remember. Finn shook his head. Not so fast. One more. It was my favorite dream from a few months ago. I remember I had it on a night when you slept over. I was a pirate. 
I nodded with a grin, as if I could forget that. What was my name? Finn the Amazing. You liked it because it kind of rhymed? I said without batting an eye. You were in the dream too. Who were you? I closed my eyes before answering. Patrice, the barmaid? Finn hooted and slapped one hand down on the table. Dude, how do you do that? I shook my head. I don't know, but really, it's not a good thing. How can you say that? It's awesome. So tell the truth. Do the cheerleaders ever dream about me? Finn leaned back and nodded with confidence. We both laughed and stared at each other for a minute. I think it was still sinking in with him, but... I'd never expected how good it would feel to tell someone. Never had I anticipated an outcome that didn't include a lot of therapy sessions, lies, and possibly some medication. Finn believed me. He had listened, and now he would understand. I wasn't alone. Laughter seemed to release the pressure like a hole in a balloon. If this situation could be fixed, Finn would help me do it. He always did. We'll dive right back into the story after this short break. This episode of Riveting Reads is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with the 30-day trial membership. The audiobook I'd like to recommend this episode is Remember Me Always by Renee Collins. Shelby is nervous to start her senior year after spending the whole summer away from home. After all, it's hard to be carefree when you're trying to protect a secret. Shelby was in a devastating car accident and everyone in town thinks that she was undergoing more physical therapy in Denver. Instead, Shelby's mother enrolled her in a clinical program to stop the panic attacks that started after the crash. The treatment erased Shelby's memory of the accident, but she can't help feeling as if a piece of herself is missing, that the treatment took more than the doctors claimed. So when Shelby starts hallucinating a boy with dark and mysterious eyes, she knows it must be a side effect of the clinical program, except you can't kiss hallucinations, and this boy insists that they know each other and are in love. I feel like the mystery elements of Remember Me Always are very compelling, and I highly recommend it. So, whether you decide to go with my recommendation of Remember Me Always by Renee Collins, or go with another audiobook of your choice, you can get all set up by going to audibletrial.com forward slash riveting reads. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash riveting reads to get your free audiobook. Hope that was a nice breather for you, because we now continue with Insomnia. The restaurant around us had emptied. There were only two other tables occupied now, one with a family and the other an older couple. Finn was quiet for a long time, and then he took a sip of his shake. What? I was pretty sure I knew what was coming, but I wanted to make sure he got to get it all out. Well, it's weird, but... It still doesn't explain why you turned into such a freak with Mia. You know, she called Addie crying yesterday. His face hardened. She said you were waiting for her in the parking lot after work. If that's true, you're seriously messed up. I grimaced, knowing he hadn't yet heard the worst of it. It's true. What were you thinking? What's your problem when it comes to her? Mostly, I'm an idiot, but there is an explanation. The massive downside to being a watcher is that I don't get regular sleep. It's like I'm awake all the time. I forget what it was like to get real sleep, and honestly, it was starting to kill me. Finn's eyes widened. What do you mean you're a watcher? Are there others like you? I shook my head, 
I don't think so. I just call myself that. At least, I've never met or heard of any, but it makes sense to keep it quiet, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I guess. He was silent for a moment before continuing. No real sleep, though? That really sucks. Sleep is like my favorite activity. Yeah, sleep rocks. I grabbed his shake and took a sip. Sleep is what caused the problem with Mia. How? For some reason, in her dreams, I can sleep. I actually fall asleep in the dreams. For the first time in four years, I'm not tired. You have no idea how incredible that feels. I need it. The problem is that I only see the dreams of the last person I make eye contact with before I go to bed. I had to see her last, every day. And she had to see you. Right. There lies my problem. I sighed. Finn nodded and stirred his shake. I'm pretty sure sleep was one of the needs they listed in biology. Food, water, sleep, something like that. I don't remember if there were more. He paused. But you have to stop stalking her. There's got to be another way. I know. You should have seen her face when she saw me. I swallowed and glanced away. It was so, so bad. I'd never hurt her, but she's terrified of me. It's horrible. Jeez, man, this sucks. He put his head down on the table for a minute, rolling it from side to side. I was shocked at how well he was taking my strange news, but that was Finn. He always surprised me. Suddenly, something that had bugged me for a long time rose to the surface. I'd never been able to talk to anyone about this before. Now seemed as good a time as any. Hey, can I ask you a question? Sure. Does it bother you, knowing that I've seen into your head so much for the past four years? Finn watched me for a minute before shaking his head. Nope. Should it? I guess not. I shrugged. I just always feel like I'm intruding. I figure since I have no control over what I'm dreaming, it's not like I can be embarrassed. He took a long sip of his shake. Besides, I find my dreams quite entertaining. I laughed. <laughs> they are, and I'm kind of an expert. He nodded, then rubbed the knuckles of one hand across the tabletop. So, are you sure Mia is the only one with those dreams, the ones you can sleep in? Not necessarily, but I've seen a lot of dreams from a lot of different people. None of them are like hers. Any idea what makes hers different? Not a clue. I held my breath for a few seconds, then breathed it out slowly. I really don't get it. I wish I did. His head jerked up, and he looked at me funny. Four years? Don't take this the wrong way, but how are you still alive? I dropped my gaze to the table and studied a crack in the vinyl surface. I don't know. Anyone normal wouldn't be. I think it's probably tied to me being a watcher somehow, that it takes longer to kill me. But still, I really didn't expect to live even this long. Glancing up, I saw Finn's face pale, and he stared at me until I cleared my throat and looked away when he started to talk. But that's crazy, Parker. The last year or so, I thought maybe you looked kind of sick, but you rarely miss school or anything, so I blew it off. I never believed you could be dying. He seemed sad, and I had an overwhelming urge to talk about anything else. It doesn't matter, I shrugged, trying to think of another subject to change to. 
but I couldn't come up with anything. You said you're dying, Finn gaped at me. How can it not matter? I can't change it, and you said it yourself. This whole Mia thing has to stop. He closed his mouth and scratched his jaw while he watched the cars on the street outside the window. You know, she and Addie are really good friends now. She's over at my house all the time. I didn't know what his point was. Of course I knew they'd been hanging out a lot. You learn those kinds of things about a person when you follow them everywhere they go. I choked back a wave of nausea and nodded. Maybe, if we can convince her you're not a freak, you could see her at my house a few times a week. No following, no stalking, just hanging out. Finn pulled on his right ear, the way he always did when he was thinking. A dark corner of my mind screamed yes at any opportunity to be around Mia, but I ignored it. Anything that dark part of me wanted, I had to assume was a bad idea at least for now, until I had more control and could start to trust myself again. I don't know. It might have been a good idea to start with, but I've ruined any chance of it working. She doesn't want to be anywhere near me, and for good reason. Well, we can't have you croaking from lack of sleep. We'll figure something out. And that was it. Right there. Warmth spread from my chest and down my arms. I never understood how badly I needed that. Someone else who knew I was dying and wanted to try and stop it from happening. It meant far more than I'd expected for someone else to know about my situation and care. I wanted someone I could say goodbye to. Clearing my throat, I shrugged and stood up. If you say so. It was the worst kind of response, but I wasn't sure what else to say. Some sappy speech would only make both of us uncomfortable. Still, I wanted to say something to show my gratitude. Finn got up and threw his cup in the garbage. He pulled my keys out of his pocket and walked out the door. I caught up with him as we got to the car. Hey, um, thanks for believing me. He grinned and punched my shoulder. Hey, um, thanks for not really being psycho. Thanks for listening to the Riveting Reads podcast, Season 1, Insomnia. New podcast episodes will be available every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you're not the patient type and want the full book now, you can find the audiobook on Audible Podcasts or the paperback version on Amazon. Stick around for some author insights from J.R. Johansson about the chapter featured in this episode. Hi, I'm J.R. Johansson, and welcome to the Authorly Insights section on Chapter 12. Oh, this chapter... I love this chapter. I'm a person who is heavily dependent on my friends. Publishing isn't an easy industry you may be able to imagine. From the day you start writing, authors have to develop a thick skin and learn to deal with rejection because it comes at you from all angles. My friends that I've made in the industry have been a lifeline. They've helped me survive these ups and downs. Writing good and true friendships that feel real is very important to me. Finn and Parker have one of those friendships that you know each of their lives would be truly lacking without. Bringing them back together in this chapter was something I was really looking forward to, and because of that, it was one of my favorite chapters to write. The chapters where they aren't together, it was... Parker's life felt empty without Finn in it, in a very real way. Parker without Finn is actually a more difficult character to write about. Because of that, 
Finn actually ended up with a much bigger role in this series than he originally was intended to have. He was much more of a side character originally, and he kept somehow inserting himself into every scene <laughs> when I was writing. I just kept thinking, you know, this scene would be a lot better with Finn in it too. <laughs> and it, it turned out that it was, so there were a lot of scenes that he wasn't originally intended to be in in the entire series where Finn suddenly popped up and was part of that scene too. So Finn found his way into Parker's life in a lot of different ways that he wasn't originally supposed to be. But even so, I'm happy that he was around more and my editor and agent were happy too. And that's it for the authorly insight section on chapter 12. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Riveting Reads. Please check out details for our reader appreciation program in the podcast notes or on rivetingreadspodcast.com. Also, a reminder that we're still a new podcast and we would love to hear from you. Please subscribe as well as rating and reviewing in your podcast app. Thanks, and we'll see you in a few days for the next episode.